A River of Stillness, August 30th, 2021. I was pulled from my writing yesterday with an invitation from my friend Claire to go kayaking on Le Cure, the river that runs past my little town of Akin. Claire, I must warn you, will fool you. She has a bright, kindly face and wears spectacles. She has a prim British accent. Her brown hair is streaked with gray, and in her dress... She tends to choose comfort over fashion. She is the kind of person that, when your eyes are trained only on the world of form, you may overlook. But, if you look through the inner eye, responding to energy and the light of her, you'll see a completely different person. You would see a striding warrior and fairy maiden all in one. You would train in on her power and strength and playfulness and wisdom. To this highly compelling woman, of course, I said yes. But I will admit, I said yes to this kayaking trip the way one might say yes to a new and slightly unappetizing-looking food. We are approaching fall now. The air carries a note of crispness, and the harvest fields are bursting with bounty. The other day, in fact, while walking, I noticed pumpkins growing along the top of a stone wall. They were actually growing on the wall, lined up like little orange Humpty Dumpties. I was charmed. However, with the summer getting on and autumn creeping in, the weather is capricious. I had a dampening feeling that our river trip would be cold and wet and unpleasant. And sure enough, the morning of our kayaking trip dawned overcast, with heavy clouds and a desultory spitting rain. I looked out the window that morning and I realized there was not one part of me, not one cell of my being, that wanted to get on that river. I said to myself bracingly, maybe this will be fun. And later, as I sat shivering in the unwieldy kayak, paddling desperately to maintain blood flow, I knew, wryly, that I had no one to blame but myself. And yet, sitting in my warm living room now, with a fire crackling in the pellet stove, I am glad I went. The river was beautiful. We passed through and around jutting rocks, and with each bend of the river came another view of fairy-like trees and meadows. At one point, Claire, who is apparently impervious to the cold and was enjoying herself immensely, cried out cheerfully, Oh, did you see it? We just passed a fairy portal! I looked up, attempting to hear the bells over the chattering of my teeth. When we disembarked, I couldn't feel most of my extremities. I hobbled around on the grass, trying to get blood back into my feet, while Claire went off whistling to the changing room. I know the images of the bent and graceful trees, the high cliffs shining in the rain, will stay with me forever. And if I'm to be completely honest, I was also glad it was over. I had a friend who was a champion athlete. He told me once, You can't push yourself to your limits every day. It's not your body so much as your nervous system that needs to recover from strain. When I'm opened by life to allow new truths, new light, and new awareness to flood into my being, I notice that my limits expand, and what I consider possible takes on new dimensions. But I forget sometimes that it takes time for this new way of being to anchor within me. When I grieve, when I heal, When I adjust and adapt, I often believe that the process shouldn't take very long. 
But I have learned that my body and my nervous system know better than my brain's arbitrary timelines. Once, many years ago, a lover tried to touch me, and my body erupted into spasms. It spasmed and shook. This went on for a long, long time. He said these were trauma shakes. I had never felt anything like them before. They just wouldn't stop. He stared at me as they went on and on, and he finally whistled in amazement. What in the world have you been through? He asked softly. I hated that question. I didn't want to look back at the times I had been treated with cruelty or relive the times I had been violated. When it had happened, I just got on with it. I shrugged and said, it's not a big deal. At the time, that's all I could do. But my body knew better. Eventually, there must be a reckoning. What in the world have you been through? I am learning to ask this question of myself now without judgment or bitterness, but with compassion. In this way, the question becomes an invitation, not to victimhood, but to simply provide the nurturing that my body is asking for. My body tells me that when I am exposed and fragile, when I am in a time of quiet and recovery, that is not the time to seek out new and crazy adventures. That is not the time to push myself to my limits. That's the time to take a rest. And sometimes that rest lasts much, much longer than I anticipated. Sometimes it means that something simple and fun, like a kayaking trip that I would never have balked at in the past, right now is far too much. That doesn't mean that I am weak. It means I am listening. This time in France, with its long golden summer days and mellow autumn evenings, with its time of ripe and bursting bounty, is showing me the beauty of slow and precious unwindings. These days of writing and walking and wrapping myself in a cocoon of solitude, these are my days of recovery. I understand that now. For whatever reason, I cannot venture into places and groups without strain. When I'm around other people, I feel them. I can feel their inner disquiet. Even if someone is sitting perfectly still, I can feel in my own body their discordant, jangling energy. When I am near people or in a crowd, it feels to me like standing in a cacophony of jackhammers, blaring sirens and fingernails being run over an endless chalkboard. My throat closes up, my body tenses, and all I want to do is run, run, run back to the quiet, solitary sanctuary of whatever place I am at that moment calling home. I have lived for so long at the edge of my limits. Now, when I reach a state of panic from something so simple and normal as human interaction, I am tempted to berate myself for a lack of resilience. This the one who took on mountain peaks, the cliffs, and steep rocky paths. Who is this one shrinking from a dinner invitation? What is this coward who has replaced the warrior of the past? But deep down, I know that the adventures are not serving me like they used to. I'm learning not to resist this sensitivity, but to turn towards it as a teacher. Sensitivity is not weakness, I remind myself. Healing is not selfish. Slowly, slowly through the application of this compassion, I separate these things in my mind. I learn to rewrite my understanding of strength. 
I accept that for now, there are fewer and fewer places I can turn to for nourishment and comfort. These days, I stay mostly inward, drinking from the pure fountain that flows from within. I turn to books and animals and nature, who ask nothing of me, who speak truth through silence, and who only give back. I feel safe with a walk, a neighborhood cat, a sparrow, a book I can put down or abandon, all of this without fear of backlash or insult, confinement, constraint, or expectations that fall like hammer blows. I'm learning to say no, even to those I love deeply and dearly. For now, for whatever reason, I have a deep and urgent need for solitude. I accept that some places, some doors that mark the path of my life are not yet opened. I cannot enter. So I wait and breathe within what is open, what is alive, and I do not force that which cannot sustain me. Suddenly now, I am not pounding at the door of my destiny, but sitting quietly while the door opens at its own pace, in its own time. I no longer tilt headlong at the perceived boundaries of my life, but learn to live within them. This is not weak, nor is it giving up. It is surrender to a larger power that understands far better than I the swirling magnitude of the forces that surround me. I embrace this part that holds, in perfect harmony, the many, many pieces of prophecy that are coming together to form the path of my life. As I sit and welcome this time of stillness and unknowing, I learn patience. I learn that patience is not the energy of waiting, as I always thought, but the contentment that comes with accepting with joy and wonder that which is brought to me. I learn that when I cease to resist my perceived limitations, I discover boundlessness, the limitless expanse of my stillness, the joyful reception of my life. I do not renounce my heart's deepest longings any more than I turn away from the door that, for now, is closed to me. Instead, I explore the garden in which I find myself. I see which deepest longings are being fulfilled now. I am not shut out from my future, but held in a beautiful space, the place of rest before stepping over a new threshold. The river, then, the shivering cold of the water and the frantic plunging of paddles, the movement of body that was never initiated by breath, is over for me now. I lay to rest with a final whisper of thanks, the need to dive headlong into my life, to prove to some unseen force my courage, my willingness, my resilience. I rest now in the warmth of the fire in my own snug and untouchable cave, and I give thanks for the sanctuary that has formed around me. I wait in the quiet of contentment for my own breath to spill over with opening, to initiate my next movement into the unknown.